to the podcast for North Decatur Presbyterian Church. We are a PCUSA congregation located in Decatur, Georgia. You can find out more about the church, our service to the community, and our great education programs for children like me and youth and adults at ndpc.org. You can also follow us on Facebook. If you're in the Atlanta area, we hope you'll come join us in person. Okay, that's it. On to this week's scripture and sermon. A message about hope from the letter to the Romans. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning together as it suffers together the pains of labor. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly while we wait for adoption, for the redemption of our bodies. For by hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what one already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. That is the word of God. It is for us, the people of God. We say, thanks be to God. Three sermons on faith, hope, and love. Today is, of course, about hope. Hope is one way of orienting your life toward the future. Hope looks forward to what is yet to be. Hope looks forward but not in the way that a prognosticator might look forward. Hope is not a kind of knowledge about what's coming. It's not a wager that you make on good odds. In fact, you may have observed at times that hope appears inversely related to the odds. That is, as the odds of something happening get longer, Hope gets stronger. Hope is yearning. Hope is longing. Hope, I would describe, less like a wish and more like a bodily hunger that aches toward the future. And for what do we hope? We hope that what we know to be good, what we know to be good, what we know to be precious, 
what we know to be sweet, what we know to be lovely, we hope that yet be. You hope that goodness will come. Maybe you hope for that goodness to come to you. But we don't reserve hope only for ourselves. Hope is often unselfish. We hope for goodness to come to others, for our children, for our children's children. We hope on behalf of strangers whom we will never know. Hope is profoundly social. Now, as meaningful as hope can be in our lives, hope may not be something that you find yourself at least consciously drawing on on a day-to-day basis. I don't hope there will be coffee in the morning. I'm sure it's in the jar where I left it yesterday. I didn't hope that I would have a job when I showed up this morning. Seemed likely. I don't hope I will have a family that loves me. I don't hope that the car will start. I don't hope that the roof won't cave in. I don't hope I'll have a place to sleep when the day is done, although some of us around this community may. In the course of day-to-day life, hope doesn't matter until nothing matters more. Hope matters when what you love and need is threatened. Hope enters into our lives when the the menacing world encroaches upon us when our child or our beloved is diagnosed with an illness. When you start tracking every last dollar in your bank account. Hope does not matter until that moment when what you love becomes somehow precarious and a future without your love becomes a very real possibility. When people in power intend to harm you, then you need hope. When the conditions of life on this planet deteriorate and people in power don't seem to care, then you need hope. It's not until we face the absence of what we love that we know the place of hope in our lives. Now, it's not a guarantee that any one of us will have hope when we look at the future. In fact, there are plenty of folks out there who have dealt with future uncertainty without drawing on hope at all. Some have said we'd be better off as human beings without any hope. 2,000 years ago or so, the cynic philosophers in Greece said that nothing can be expected from our lives. They said that the only way for us to be free is to get rid of every expectation, every desire, every comfort, and every hope. Only when we do that, they taught, can we accept life for what it is. That worldview, cynicism, hasn't gone away. A lot of us experience that same instinct. 
to cynically draw in our boundaries and not hope or expect anything out of life or out of each other. Renouncing hope is certainly not ancient philosophy. Nietzsche called hope the worst of all evils. He said it prolongs our torment. It prevents us from just accepting the truth. And some Buddhist teachers, too, discourage hope because hope is an emotional attachment to the future. One of America's most clear-eyed writers on the subject of race, Ta-Nehisi Coates, has said that the, the struggle for black life in America leaves no legitimate place for hope. I want to read you one of his quotes. Coates says, the God of history is an atheist and nothing about the world is meant to be. He says, you must wake up every morning knowing that no promise is unbreakable, least of all the promise of waking up at all. This is not despair, he says. These are the preferences of the universe itself. Verbs over nouns, actions over states, and struggle over hope. Maybe that language feels shocking or disturbing to you. I bet a lot of you have taken hope as a given in life and that you found at least some kind of solace in the idea that the moral arc of the universe is long and bends toward righteousness. We think there must be a God somewhere. Divine force must be moving us all toward a better future. The best critics of hope, though, have warned us that hope misplaced can demoralize us. They've said that hope can be a pacifier that lulls you into believing that the future you long for is held in hands other than your own. And yet, right? And yet, in the story that we proclaim in this place, the story that is in these stones and in this wood and in your bones and in your blood, in the story of God and human beings, our story is scattered with moments in which hope is warranted. Moments when hoping against the odds proved to be a good bet for the people of God. In the Hebrew Bible, our hope is grounded in the Exodus. In that story, the people of God, we are slaves under the most powerful king in all of the world. There was no realistic hope of a life beyond brick making under the hot sun watching your children be killed and suffering until you yourself were dead. It is then that God meets Moses in a blazing fire and sets in motion the sequence of events that brings frogs and locusts to the land and hardens the Pharaoh's heart and smears blood on the doorpost so the angel of death will pass over and leads the people in a desperate race across the desert through a divided sea, ending only when God's people stood on the far shore dancing in their newfound freedom. 
God did that. And there was and there would always be reason for hope. Hope was tested again in the exile when the temple, the home of God, was destroyed and God's people were scattered and humiliated and taken captive. For three whole generations, we sat by the water of Babylon and wept over what had been lost. And then Isaiah said in the wilderness, prepare a way. Make straight in the desert a highway for God. Every valley shall be lifted up. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. The uneven ground shall become level. And the rough places made a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Hope. Our story says hope in God is warranted. And then there's Paul, who speaks in Romans about the hope of the whole creation. Everything, the whole of the cosmos, can and should, it must put its hope in God, even when the empire holds creation in its grip, we still hope in the future. For we remember that the light of the world was extinguished on Good Friday. And yet on Easter morning, the stone got rolled away and the tomb was empty and the mysterious yet familiar figure greeted Mary and said, My peace is now your peace. We follow the resurrected one. And because we do, we are implicated, we are bound up, we are wrapped in a story that says that God's love stops at nothing to bring us a future with hope. The future into which we lean, the future for which we hunger in our bodies and yearn in our spirits, the future for which we hope is the one that Jesus shows to us. The last shall be first, the poor shall be blessed, the captives are released and debts are forgiven. All God's children are gathered around one table, eating and drinking and laughing, laughing about how foolish people said we sounded when we hoped for just such a banquet feast. I don't know whether on a day-to-day -day basis you find yourself drawing much on hope. As you can tell, I have deep respect for people who have said no to hope. But I want to say yes. I want to say yes, mostly because I trust what Martin Luther, not King, the old school Luther, said about hope. Luther said hope changes the one who hopes into what is hoped for. Hope changes the one who hopes into what is hoped for. And he is right. He is right. 
So hope every day that every person around us will have a roof over their heads. Hope that every one of us will have something good today to eat. Hope that you can be reconciled with the person with whom you're struggling to understand and relate to right now. Hope that we all can be patient and kind to each other and that you can do that to me and I can do it to you. Hope that truth will prevail every day over lies. Hope that your children will have everything that they need and hope that for my children too. Hope that you or your loved one will find a way to persevere through depression. Hope that you and I will live more gently on this earth every day. Hope that people will put down our weapons and solve our problems with our words. Hope that beauty will bloom every day around you. Hope in a way out of no way. Hope in resurrection. Yours and mine and for all creation. Hope in God is warranted. Hope changes the one who hopes into what is hoped for. Or maybe you like the way Paul puts it in Romans. By hope, we are saved. Let the church say amen.